Amen. Isn't that an awesome story? Um, I just I just want to welcome you guys here tonight. I've already we've already done that one time, but I just want to welcome. You. My name is Michael Page. I'm the I get the opportunity to be the campus pastor here for our Pooler campus um, out of our um, central campus out of Statesboro. And God has just been so faithful to us in Pooler and how he's grown this group um, so quickly and so so rapidly and um, not just um, just outwardly but also inwardly and how deep um, of relationships that have been formed through this process. And as you heard Lee's story, um, he just said that, you know, that it's okay not to be okay. And that's something we pride ourselves here with at this church is you don't have to be have everything together to come sit here with us. You don't have to have everything together to join a connect group or to, or to serve. Or It's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to be transparent in those, those arenas so that we can walk alongside of each other tonight together um, as, as we are um, doing family together. And so tonight we're starting a new series. It's called Blueprint. And basically what this is, is it's going to give you a blueprint of what Connection Church is all about. It's a clever name. Um, and so what I, what I love about it is, you know, it's based off of Acts 2. Um, you can see in there four cultures of the church, of the early church. And we based, we basically based our church off of that. And they're, they're evangelism and generosity, community, and serving. And we believe that the churches that we're planning, the communities that we're going to and planning in, and for order for those places to be successful, for those churches to grow and to be effective in the areas that they're, they're at, that these four things should be a very present thing in the communities and the churches that are planted there. A growing thing. that We should be evangelizing, being generous to our neighbors, um, having a sense of community and serving one another. That should be something that's, that's, that's on our hearts daily. So people from Statesboro, from Vidalia, Mill, and Dublin, and now Pooler should know who goes to Connection Church because they exemplify these qualities in increasing fashion, right? And so that's kind of where we're going to be at tonight for the next four weeks because I, I really want to kind of go with you on this, on this path and say to you guys tonight is that we don't want to give you something to come to when you come to Connection Church. That's not our hearts. We, just, we don't want you to come fill a seat. That's not our hearts for you. Our heart for you guys tonight is to come and be a part of something larger than yourself. To, to join alongside of you on the mission that God's given us as a church and to join alongside of you to, with the God of the, of the universe who has come to, to seek and save the lost, to love those who are the least of these around us in our communities. That's our heart tonight. So before we start, um, I, you know, I do this from time to time, but I never want to come here and ever have you leave without challenging you to question where you're at in the Lord. I never want to do that because I think that's irresponsible of us as a church because anytime we come in this place and we open this scripture, anytime we open the scripture, there's always a chance for God to do something incredible in your life. Is that right? Right. Every time you open these, this word of God, there's an opportunity for your life to change radically and completely. And so tonight when we're reading scripture, when we're talking about evangelism tonight, when we're talking about what God wants to do in our communities through us, through you, through us together, then there's an opportunity for your life to shift tonight, not, right now. Not tomorrow, next week, not putting it off to next year. Now, tonight, there's an opportunity for that. And so, you know, the decision to follow Christ, to be a Christian, to live for Him is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. And that's not something that I want us to get numb to as we talk about the Lord in these places. That's not something that I want us to forget about because it's an active decision, it's not passive. And there'll be a time tonight where we're gonna make a decision about what, what are you gonna do with Christ? And so before we start, if you're a note taker, this is a great time for you to take down some notes to think about these things. But I want you to think about four questions. Before we start, I want you to think about four questions. The first one is, is do I love Jesus? Do I love 
Jesus. I don't want the, not the, I go to church and I go to Bible study and I, I like what God's done for me, but do you love Jesus, the person? Do you love Jesus? Not the things he's done for us, but just Jesus. I mean, why not? It might be something, it might be a case that we haven't seen the beauty of Christ yet. And we need to look at that tonight. The second question is, is am I just getting by? Am I coasting? Am I numb? Have I lost interest in the word? Have I lost interest in my faith? Have I lost interest in God? Maybe you may have been beat up and some circumstances have been hurt. You may have just given up. Maybe you're playing it safe, kind of like the man with the one talent. Maybe that's you. So where are you at tonight with that? Number three is am I a disciple of Jesus? Am I a disciple of Christ? That means a true follower, someone who is a student of Christ, someone who follows him step for step. Or am I only a Christian according to today's religious standards? It's a big question. The road's narrow is what the word says. Number four, what thing, this is huge for us tonight, wherever we're going into this, we need to hear this. What thing do you need to lay down tonight that the Lord's asking you to lay down? What thing do we need to lay down before the Lord tonight and give up? Things we've been holding on to that's been our comfort, that's, that's been hiding us from the world, that may have been hiding the sin or, 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 or a shortcoming or something you feel self-conscious about, something that you need to let go of so that God can use you the way he's called to you, you to be used. Because one thing I know, one thing God's spoken in my life before is if you need anything in addition to God, that thing is your king. If you need anything in addition to who Jesus is and what he's done, that thing is the thing you worship. Okay, and so the thing I need us to hear tonight, guys, is, is are we compromising anything in our life? What does that look like? It's because I'm not sure, honestly, if we've ever been more engaged as a culture on the surface, right? We have our social media and our phones. We, everybody's addicted to their phones, right? I mean, everybody. We we're so engaged on the surface, but never been so disengaged under the, under the surface, right? There's a lot of disconnection. There's not a lot of closeness in our, in, in our hearts with, with people and with, with the Lord sometimes. And so tonight, guys, I don't think as a church, we're just starting, this is our second Sunday, and I promise you, we can't do something. We cannot afford to be a church that's saved but lives lost. We need to be a church that lives like we are, have been saved and have been received. We received the greatest thing in the universe, and that is grace from Jesus. That needs to be something that, that echoes in our life, every step we take, every, every move we make in that. And so tonight, be thinking about this question, is, is who is Jesus to me? Is he a friend? Is he a father? Is he a savior? Is he a good luck charm? Is he a, is he a consultant? Is he Lord? Where is he at? Where does he fall in that perspective? Where is he at with me tonight? And so, and how you view Christ tonight, guys, will shape how you follow Christ. How you view Christ will shape always how you follow Christ. It will. And so tonight, I want to pray for us. And then I want us to get into this topic of evangelism because it's big, okay? So let's pray together. God, I love you. I thank you for this tonight. I thank you for this, this group of people who have come tonight, Father, to, to hear your word. Father, to, to meet together as a church, Father, a unified body of believers seeking to hear and to experience uh, just a word from the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would just come and be with us, God. Change our hearts, Lord. Never let us come into this place and leave the same. God, bind us together at our heart's level, Father, to be able to, to be able to just be unified in a way, God, that we can carry out the mission that you've placed in our hearts, God, to, to carry out. God, I pray that you would just bless the reading of your word. God, I pray, I pray that you would just bless the hearing of your word, God, and I pray, Father, that you would soften hearts in here tonight, God. For we love you, and it's your name I pray.
Amen. So let's turn, if you have your Bibles, I really, really hope you do. If you don't, look on your neighbors or get your phone out because we just talked about social media and your phones, all that kind of stuff, so it's good. We're going to look in Romans 10, chapter 14. Romans 10, chapter 14. And tonight we're looking at evangelism. We talked about that, and I told you the, the four cultures of our church are, are evangelism, generosity, community, and serving. And we're going to take the first two weeks, and we're going to do this two scariest first, evangelism and generosity. Those are the two scariest, right? Okay. Yeah, we're going to take those two first, and we're going to, we're going to knock those out. But we're going to do it in a way that's going to be different, okay? I want you, so I don't want you to, to open your ears and open your hearts to this. So we're, going to, we're going to start out in Romans 10, uh, and going, we're going to read verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read verses 13 too, but it's not going to be on the screen. Verse 13 won't. It says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's good news, right? Great news, okay? It goes on, it says 14, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so tonight, I want to tell you, if you're saved, if you've, if you've experienced salvation, if you've accepted Christ and have given him the keys of your heart and, and, and turned your life over to him, then you are responsible for conveying the message that you've received. Can we agree about that? Absolutely. That's, that's 100% true. According to Scripture. And so what I want to hear tonight, what I want to tell you tonight is faith, faith can, it can be obtained without seeing Jesus, but it can't be obtained without hearing about Jesus. We can agree about that too as well. If, uh, you know, J.D. Greer says this, he says, well, the, with the discovery of the gospel comes the responsibility of spreading the gospel. So if, if you've discovered Christ for who he is, if you've turned your life over to Christ, there's a responsibility in your life to spread the gospel that you've received to hold it in and to, and to harbor it and, and, and not tell anybody, to hide it under a bushel like the old song says, is bad. And, we'll, and we'll, it, it was, it's a bad situation. So what I want to do tonight, I want to answer three questions. I want to answer the first question is what is evangelism? What is evangelism? You'd be amazed at the churches you walk into and you ask 10 people, what is evangelism? You get 10 different answers. The second one is why, why should I evangelize? Why do I evangelize? What's the point? Why should I evangelize? And the last one is, where do I start? Where do I start with this? It's a, big, it's a big undertaking. First one is, what is evangelism? Second one is, why evangelize? And the last one is, where do we start? Okay, so we're going to start off with number one is, what is evangelism? And I am very nerdy when it comes to definitions, and I've looked up every definition I can find on evangelism. I looked at the, I looked at the translations from the Greek and different things, and the, the meaning of this word is to announce, to bring good news. It's, it's an active word. It's, it's something that requires energy. Uh, the Greek word, if you want to look at it in the New Testament, it, it occurs 76 times, and it also can be translated as just to preach. And so I love that the gospel is, is meant to be a communicated message, either verbally or written. And so I, you know, the, the, there's, an old, there's an old quote a long time ago is, you know, spread the gospel if you have to use words. I, I don't know if I agree with that because it's a verbal message that we're supposed to be going out and talking to people about the good news of Jesus who has saved us from our sins, which that's is good news, right? Okay, so I want you to hear that, but what I think we miss a lot of times as a church, and if you're not saved here tonight, this is going to be a very confusing message, and I'll get to you in a second, but if you are saved, if you've, if you've experienced that life transformation, what we miss a lot in our attempts at evangelism is that when we try to share the good news with people, um, I feel like we have to explain there's also bad news, right? There can't be really good news until there's, you understand that there's bad news. There's bad news, but there's also good news 
okay, right? And so the question coming from our culture, though, a lot of times is when we share Christ, when we share the gospel with people, is why do I need Jesus? Why, why do I need Jesus? I'm good. I'm, compared to this guy, I'm great. Um, I love people. I'm a, I have good character. I do, I do all, I mean, I'm, I'm a great guy. I'm a good employee. And so why do we need Jesus? But the thing is, sadly for us, for a lot of times as Christians, you know, in my life especially, I've had a hard time answering that question. What I've learned is that it's because of an ignorance of the gospel. There's a, there's a, there's a play that kind of happens in the church, and it's because we, we have a hard time sometimes with our time, with getting the word, understanding what the gospel is, but an ignorance of the gospel is going to be a very big hindrance for our spreading of the gospel. It turns into false um, doctrines and different things, and that's why it's so important to get into this word and to understand what we're trying to do. And that's where we've, we've allowed works to come in to replace faith, because faith's too easy. Right? We kind of get into that pharisaical realm where we have to do something to get the results that we want. And so, but, but I want to tell you that good, good deeds, guys, are set before, when it's set before a perfect and infinite, an infinite God, you know, where does that leave us? Whenever we have our good deeds in front of God, you know, our, our good deeds are nothing. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. It says, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We, are all shrivel, we all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. It says our, our righteous acts before God are like filthy rags. And I'll let you do a, a, a study on the filthy rags part, but it's, it's bad. Our righteous acts are, are like filthy rags before an infinite God. And so when compared to the goodness of God, guys, the, the good things we do are worthless. Apart from Christ, our good deeds die with us. That's huge to understand to hear. Without Jesus, we're lost in our sin and destined to an eternity separated from God. That is the bad news. But thank God for Romans 5.8 because when we're still in our sin, Christ came and died for us so that we can live with him forever. That's exciting. That's exciting. That's a big deal. That's good stuff. Okay, and finally, guys, our heart in evangelism, our heart in evangelism should always be to bring people to a decision to follow Christ. We, we, our heart should be to bring that person to a decision to follow Christ. And so when you look in the Bible at Peter or at Philip or at Paul, you look at Peter, we see Peter in Acts 2. Uh, he basically sums up the entire chapter uh, or the entire, entire Bible in, in 42 verses. He, he presents the gospel and the people, they're so cut to the heart and convicted, they say, Peter, what must we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. You look in Acts 5, 42, it says, daily in the temple, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. These guys believed the message of Christ so much that they did not cease talking about it. They did not cease preaching it and teaching it and moving it out and putting it into action and, and moving it. And, 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 and you saw it lived out in their everyday life. You look at Philip in chapter 8 of Acts. You see him being approached by an angel. And this angel tells him to go to this place. And what does he do? He gets up and goes to this place, has no idea why he's going there, and he goes and preaches to this eunuch. This eunuch goes back, and he gets saved, and he goes back to um, Ethiopia and, and, and wins a nation. You know, so my point is, like, and then look at Paul. You, he used every opportunity that was given to him to preach in synagogues, in courtrooms, in jail cells. Amazing what he did. And so the point is, like, number two, why do we evangelize? Why do these guys do that? What's the point of us evangelizing? What's the point? We know the message. They can watch it on TV. They can read their own Bibles. So what's the point of us evangelizing? And we used to have a saying here at Connection that said, served people serve people. In much the same way, I feel like, you know, saved people seek the salvation of other people. 
Someone who's truly saved, who's experienced Christ in a way that saved them, wants to share that message with someone else. People who've had that experience want to share that. How else will people know? It says in, in, in Romans 10, 14, how else will people know? How else will they hear? We're, we're God, we are God's plan A, people. We are God's plan A. There is no plan B. We are God's plan A. There is no plan B. And this is what I want you to hear is what God really spoke to me um, this week as I was reading through the scripture is so many times we get so comfortable coming into church, sitting on our hands and, and slapping some five, high fives and amens and leaving and going to have dinner and we forget about there's people that need to hear about Jesus because they may be lost, dying, going to hell. And we need to understand that we are God's people to go out to share that gospel message with people that could save them. To know that people are going to die and spend eternity apart from God, it should move us into action. It should break our hearts. It has to. Okay? And we talked about Romans 10, 14. How will they know? How will they believe if they don't hear? And so we have to ask ourselves, Christians, and here, we have to ask ourselves, are we too enthralled by the things of the world to be concerned about some people's eternity, about our own eternity? Are we too enthralled by those things? Are we too busy building our own life that, that Jesus may have a corner of it, but he might not have control of it, right? And so what's distracting us tonight? What is distract, what's holding us back from evangelizing? It may be ignorance of the gospel. It may be distraction. It may be so many different things, but there is a thing that's holding us back if we're not evangelizing. We need to identify those things tonight. One of the, one of the harshest truths may be that we're not saved. That's hard to hear, but sometimes you know, somebody in here tonight may not know Christ, and that's, and that's okay. We're about to handle that in a second. I'm going to introduce you. It's going to be great. And so two reasons why we evangelize, two, two reasons why we evangelize is, is Jesus put us on mission. That's a good reason, right? It says in Matthew 28, 18, it says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So it's time to listen to a man that says that, correct? Okay, so let's read that, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I think we have that on the screen. I'm going to read it from my Bible here. It says this. It says, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the earth. And that last part of that verse, it says, And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. So these things that God's taught us that Jesus has put us on mission in is not really suggestions, right? If we're believers in Christ, we've been commanded to go out and preach the gospel to the nations. The nation starts right outside that door and goes on from there. One of the greatest reasons, guys, that we evangelize should be at the center of every Christian's heart. There's still people who need to be saved, who need Jesus, who need the hope of Christ that the gospel brings. That should be the thing that motivates us the most because if Jesus loved people, then we should love people. And we don't get to choose the people that we love. That's hard here for me. But I want us to hear this tonight is a church is not a church when the passion for souls is gone. And on top of that, a church is not a church when the passion for the lost is gone. We have to have a pastor for that because our hearts have to be for going after people, for going after people who are far away from Jesus and telling them there's a better way. There's something that they're missing. There's something they need to hear. Stirring people's hearts to awaken to the truth of the gospel. 
to take their eyes off of their next promotion at work or their bank statement and put it on Christ to satisfy their deepest longings and desires. It's important. You know, I, and I, you're, if you're like me, you like movies. Who likes movies? Who likes war movies? I like war movies. Guys, yeah, go ahead and raise your hand. There's been a lot of movies lately, um, like American, you know, Sniper, Lone, Lone Survivor, all these, like, Navy SEAL movies or these Army Special Forces movies, all these different movies. Are y'all tracking with me right now? Okay. All right, good. So there's always that one scene in the movies. They're all huddled around a whiteboard, and the, the general's up there writing stuff on it. He's like, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do this. You're doing this. We're going to meet here. We're rendezvous point here, picking up here, extraction here. This I don't know all the terms. Tim Long can tell you all about this stuff. But you have all this, and so you have that one scene, okay? And so they all break, and they leave, and they go out, and they do the thing. But, you know, what would happen, you know, what would happen if that scene happened, and they, they were sitting there like, you know, that's, that sounds kind of hard. I don't know if I can do that. And they went back and did their own thing. What would happen? That would get kind of chaotic in that room, probably. What if they said, nope, that's too scary, not going to do that. It's too hard. It's going to make me look bad. I can't do that. That's not what they said. They went and did it. The disciples got this message about going out and doing what Christ says. Jesus went to the whiteboard, wrote down the Great Commission. The disciples got it. Peter went to Rome. Andrew went to Greece and Turkey and sometime in, uh, in the modern-day Soviet Union. Uh, Doubting Thomas, the guy who said, I don't even know if I believe this. He, he, it affected his life so much. He went to Syria and to India. Philip went to North Africa. Matthew went to Ethiopia. Bartholomew went to India with Thomas. James was the leader of the first church and was later executed. If you want to look at a more modern-day example of this, one of my favorite examples is Jim Elliott, who was, who led, a, the gospel, who was led to take the gospel uh, to the Quechua people in the jungles of South America. I probably butchered that name. But he, he quoted, he said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep, which is his life, to gain what he cannot lose, which is his salvation. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And, you know, he and a few men went and ministered to these people, and they, and they went and they were, they were murdered by, the, they, were, they were killed by the hands of these people they went to minister to. If you look at the story later on, their, their wives went and moved to these, to these tribal areas, to these regions where their husbands were trying to, were trying to, uh, to, minister, to, to minister to the people who had just killed their husbands. That's huge. That's a huge faith. And the, and, the, and, the, and the chief, he was, he was one to Christ. A whole people group heard the gospel because of their faithfulness. He wrote in a book, uh, if, if, you know, before his, he died, he said this, and he had, um, you know, he, had, he had been overseas for a while, and he came back home, and he said this. He says, coming home, we stopped for a bite to eat, and, ran into a, and we ran into a confused waitress. We had a heart-rendering time trying to speak the words of life to her. And as I think of all this country now, talking about the U.S., Many just as confused and more so. I realize that the 39th Street bus is as much of a mission field as Africa ever was. And that we need to hear that tonight, that we have a mission field right here in Pooler, right here in Chatham County. The mission of God is just as urgent here in Pooler as it is in Manhattan, as it is in the jungles of the Amazon or the plains of Africa. It's just as urgent right here. People still need to hear Jesus which means the mission of God, was, as it was laid out in scriptures, is still relevant. Still relevant to our lives. We still have work to do. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and this will come on the screen here in a second, it says this. It says, for Christ's love compels us. It moves us forward. It pushes us, it pushes us forward. It moves us into action. It says, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. So my question, if we're not evangelizing, does that mean we haven't been convinced that one has died for all, and therefore all has died? Does that make sense? 
If we're not moving forward in the mission of God, does that mean we haven't been convinced yet? My heart tonight for you guys is that we'll be convinced to the point we're moved into action. Verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So our hearts should be never to be living for ourselves, but for him, to be listening to the Holy Spirit, speaking into our lives and moving and doing what he says, period. Billy Graham, one of my heroes of the faith, once said, the evangelistic harvest is always urgent. The destiny of men and of nations is always being decided. Every generation is strategic. We are not responsible for the past generation, and we cannot bear the full responsibility for the next one. But we do have our generation. God will hold us responsible as to how well we fulfill our responsibilities to this age and take advantage of our opportunities. Because I promise you, we all have opportunities to share the gospel. All do. And so my point is tonight is to give you a visual. To give you a visual of this. I'm a visual. Do we have any visual people here tonight? One. <laughs> Two. All right. Well, the three of us are going to talk for a second, okay? Um, let's compare evangelism to fire. Anybody like fire? Any power maniacs in here? I am. Let's, let's, let's compare evangelism to fire. Okay? Evangelism occurs when Christians are so ignited by their contact with Christ that they in turn set other fires, right? You get that? You kind of picture that? They, they, they're so in, in, ignited with their contact with Christ, they in turn set other fires. Think about it. It's so easy to determine when something is on fire, right? You're like, that's on fire. It's, it's giving off heat. It's starting to burn other things, right? It's, there's no doubt that that's a fire, Correct? There's no doubt that I better do something before it causes destruction. It's it's easy to determine when something's on fire. It gives off heat. It affects the environment around it. It spreads, and it ignites other material. You see where I'm going with this? It It ignites other material. Any fire that does not spread will eventually go out. You hear me on that? Any fire that does not spread will eventually go out. A church without evangelism is a contradiction, just as a fire that does not burn is a contradiction. Glad I got that out because I was scared to say that. A church without evangelism is a contradiction just as a fire that doesn't burn is a contradiction. So my point is tonight is are we going to be a church that is, that is modeled from this? Are we going to be a church that is modeled from our own comforts and our own desires and the things that make us happy? Because if we're going to call ourselves a church of Jesus Christ, we have to listen to what the Word says, and we have to do what He says. Can we agree with that? We have to. And so my last, my last point is number three. It says, where do I start? So there's a lot of people in here like, I get that. I'm, I'm okay. I got it. I'm convicted. I get it. Now, what do I do now? Like, what do I do with this information? And you're going to, you're going to get mad when I tell you this, but the easiest way is to spend time with Jesus. Number one is to spend time with Jesus. I'm not, ta- I'm, not, I'm not saying open up your Jesus calling book and close it when you're done and walk away. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying spend time with the creator of the universe who lived a life that you couldn't live and died a death that you were supposed to pay. Spend time with him. Success or failure in your walk with Christ, success or failure with your walk with Christ is directly connected to how much of this that you put in your heart and how much you put in your mind on a daily basis, success or failure. If if we claim that we're followers of Jesus and we don't have an appetite for his word, then there's a spiritual disconnect somewhere that we need to investigate. 
If we're saying, I'm, I, Jesus, I'm a follower, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. If we say that on Facebook, I'm a Christian. And there's not an appetite for the word of God in our life. We need to take a step back and, and think and talk with people that may be smarter than us, maybe smarter than me, that, that know, like they can talk and, and work through things with you. Because one thing I know is we, we cannot effectively share the gospel unless we're effectively grounded in the gospel. Until we're effectively grounded in scripture, we can't, we can't share it. Spiritually hungry people, guys, are naturally amazing evangelists. I mean, you've met the person in church that's always raising their hands, and you, you can tell they're trying to not dance, right? They're like, they're raising, they're like, oh, you know, that person that's getting fired up in worship, the person that's reading scripture and like, man, crying in their Bible study. You know, you know the person, right? Right? That person, you don't have a question. That person will talk to Jesus with anybody, correct? Like they, they just love Jesus. They want to tell people about it. They're naturally good evangelists, people who are on fire for Christ. And so when people, guys, when people, and you think about this, when people who we've invested in get to heaven, they should find Jesus very familiar from the time that we invested in them. They should say, it may not look just right. Something's familiar about this guy that, you know, so he, that Jesus should look very familiar by the time that we invest in people because they should see Jesus in us. And so the, the next thing is, how, how do we, where do we start? Start with the people that are placed in your life. This is not, it's, it's not rocket science. God will place people in your life on a daily basis that he wants you to share the gospel with. I promise you, if you're awake and you're aware and you, say, you wake up in the morning and say, God, give me an opportunity. Has anybody ever prayed that before? And lower your hand if he's never given you an opportunity. He's given you an opportunity every time you've asked, right? I'm, I'm, I'll be willing to bet. And he does every single time because we're awake and we understand. And so start with the people God put in your life. Look in the gospels. He re, there was recorded 132 contacts Jesus had with people. 132 times Jesus had contact with another person. And you look at it, six of those, six of those times was in a temple. Four of those times were in the synagogues. 122 were people he met in everyday life. 10 in the church, 122 in everyday life. On the street, walking through work, wherever it may be, at the gas station. Wherever he met people. Invest in the people around you guys because that's where your mission field is. Your connect group. That'll help you a lot to be able to go out and do it and equip you to go out and do it and encourage you to go out and do. There's a theologian, his name's Francis Schaeffer. He said this whenever he was asked how he would share the gospel effectively with somebody if he only had an hour. He said, I'd spend 55 minutes listening and I'd spend five minutes talking. How many times have I, I've, I've asked myself, and nobody else answered this except me, how many times have I had the opportunity to share Christ with somebody and I did all the talking. I just talked, talked, talked. This is, this is what you need. This is what you need to do. Stop doing this. Do this. He listened for 55 minutes and he, and he talked for five because only then would he know how to share the gospel in a way that would overcome all objections in his life. He would know his way in. He would know how to talk to this guy the way that he was supposed to, to, to win him to Christ. And so tonight, guys, my heart for you guys is to, to hear this. If you've been sitting here for, you know, however long we've been here and, and you've been, I don't know why I'm here. I was made to come here. I don't know what this guy in the red shirt is talking about. Um, I don't know. This is boring. I, wherever you're at on this, okay? Wherever you're at on this. You know, I just want to ask you earlier, because earlier I asked you, I says, who, who is Jesus to you? 
what have you done with Jesus in your life? It may have been in a situation where you've come from a horrible background, like our, our, the testimonies you saw in Lee's life. You, you may have come from a, a, a place of, of church where you've been from church to church to church to church, but you've never felt connected. But I can promise you, if you've never felt connected in church or if you've never felt connected in your relationship with Jesus, it, it was not the church's or Jesus' fault usually. Whenever I found myself in those situations, it's my fault. So tonight, I want you to hear this, that Jesus loves you. And if you're far away from Jesus tonight, there's a way back. There's one step back. If you've never experienced newness in Christ, there's one step back. If you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus, like you know that you need to have, there's, there's, there's one step back. And the good thing is, is, guys, we have people here that want to take those steps with you. Not just that first step, but the next one and the next one, and the next one after that, until you're dead. <laughs> Forever. We want to walk through life with you and do life together with you as believers and as followers of Christ. So where are you at tonight? Are you a Christian that feels like, I'm, I'm so far behind, I've never evangelized one day in my life. I barely read the Bible. My, my Bible has an inch of dust on it. I don't, know, I don't know scripture very well at all. Are you someone who's been faking it for a long time? Are you somebody here tonight that if they raise their hands, people will be like, what? We'll be amazed by that. Are you, is that you? That's okay. I was that person at one time. Like earlier tonight, I asked you, I said, who is Jesus to you? Is, you know, are you, have you followed Christ yet? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? The Bible says in Romans 5, it says, while we were still sinning, Christ loved us enough to come and, and die for us to take the sin that we, could, that we couldn't do anything with because we had no power to do anything with it. He took our place. That's a love you'll never find on this earth, ever. Jesus wants to have that kind of relationship with you tonight. And I just want to talk to you one-on-one -on -one for a second. If that's you, if you've never walked into a relationship with Christ and you want to do that tonight, that's something that you want to say yes to Christ and you want to take your next step of salvation, then we want to do that with you. So that's you tonight. We, what we do at Connection, we're, we, we ask you to be bold because Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross was very bold. It was a bold statement. He gave us everything. So tonight, let's don't hold back anything. And so that's you tonight. I, I want to ask you, just raise your hand in the air and say, I want to follow Christ. I, I've, I've been far away, but I want to come home and I want to follow Christ to be my Lord and my Savior tonight. If that's you, just raise your hand. Be bold tonight with that. has already been broken. It's good now. Anybody else? All right. To the rest of you guys who are Christians in here, look me in the eye. If you're in a place where you've been faltering in your relationship with God and you maybe never did any kind of evangelism whatsoever, you, don't even know, you didn't know what the word meant until tonight. I, I was in that place one time, okay? So it's okay. If that's you tonight, and if you want to say, you know, Michael, I, I really 
want to do a better, I want to, re, I want to recommit my mind and my heart to, to, to being on the mission that God has given us as a church. If that's you tonight, I want to pray for you. And I, if, you, if you guys are, if that's something that you will feel bold enough, I just want to ask you to stand. And I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for us as a church that we would be better evangelists in the town of Pooler and in Chatham County because I want to see a town one for the name of Christ. I don't want to see a place where we come and sit in our chairs and on our hands each week. I want to see an effective body of Christ moving forward the kingdom of God. And so tonight, I want to pray for those people who are standing, who are on their feet, um, just, uh, just really wanting to reconnect in this way. So let's pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for the, the sacrifice that you made in your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and taking our place on the cross. Father, I pray for every single person that is standing to their feet right now, God. I just pray that your anointing will be on their life. I, God, I pray that you would put words in their mouth, Father. I pray that you would give them a, a supernatural courage, a supernatural boldness in their life, Father, they've never had before. I pray that this would not be just a normal, everyday decision that we make in church, but this will be a life-altering decision, God, that these people are standing to their feet in recognition that you are the Son of God, and they recognize you as the King of the universe and the King of their hearts. So tonight, God, I pray that you would put them on mission, that you would, you would just give their, their, just their heart encouragement. I pray that they would look to the people to their left and their right to get encouragement, to, to, to fight the battle, to move forward. I pray against the, the, the acts of Satan and the enemy in their life, God. I pray that you would just fight um, for them. I pray that they would just see you fighting for them. But most of all, God, I pray that they would commit to spending time with you, God, and being aware and awake. Lord, we love you. I'm so thankful for what you're doing here in Pooler, God. And I just pray that you would just bless our time together each time we meet, Father. Lord, grow us in number, but also grow us in depth, Father, and love for you. Lord, we love you, Father, and it's in your name I pray.